What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Rebuilding New York Football Podcast, episode nine. Somehow we're already at nine, which is incredible because it feels like we just started this podcast the other day. The love and support that we've received over the past four weeks now has been awesome. It, it really has. It's been actually staggering um, to me how much we've grown in that short amount of time. I remember when we had five followers on Twitter. One of them was me, so really four followers on Twitter, and now we're well over 100, uh, closing in on 200, growing at a rapid pace, and that's uh, I love to see that, and um, I hope that we can build um, a solid community out of this podcast of both Jets and Giants fans um, and open up honest conversation about these two teams and the history of these two teams and what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong. Now... We know that uh, Mark Colombo has been fired for the Giants as the offensive line coach. We're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about uh, who they're bringing in. We're going to talk about um, the Jets mostly today. It's it's Thursday. The Giants are on a bye week this week, so there's not really much to touch on. Um, we'll talk about the Jets-Chargers game a little bit. Uh, not too much because it's really not much of a preview. Uh, no Darnold this week, as we know. We're going to talk about the offseason needs of both these teams, as well as who could fill the voids um, or fill a void at either of these two, uh, for either of these two teams at any of position whatsoever, um, if they're in need. So a lot of Jets free agent targets, not a lot of Giants free agent targets or there still are Giants free agent targets that they need to bring in and uh, maybe bring back. Uh, but for the most part, it, it's really the Jets that have uh, their whole team is a whole that needs to be full. So, uh, wow, that sounded really wrong. Um, yeah, so we're going to start this off with uh, Mark Colombo being fired after... Uh, one year with the Giants. Actually, well, not even one year with the Giants. He was the offensive line coach for the Cowboys. He was someone that Jason Garrett brought in. Um, played in the league for about uh, 10 years, basically. He played for the Bears. Uh, played for the Cowboys for the majority of his career. And then went to the Dolphins. Uh, was hired as the assistant offensive line coach for the Cowboys in 2016. Spent three years there. Was eventually named the offensive line coach. Jason Garrett leaves or was fired, uh, however you'd like to see it, because technically he really wasn't fired, but they didn't extend him. Um, Jason Garrett comes to New York as the offensive coordinator. Mark Colombo gets brought in. So why was he fired? It, it, it's, a, it's a pretty simple question. Um, and that really boils down to... Uh, the Giants wanting to bring in, and I'm going to butcher his last name, uh, Dave DeGuglielmo. <laughs> DeGuglielmo. Oh, I can't even say it. Oh, my God. We'll call him Dave DG because uh, I can't pronounce that. Um, they were going to bring him in as an assistant to work with Mark Colombo on the offensive line. Um Dave uh, has sort of a, a reputation around the league from from what I understand of how do I put this carefully? He is kind of known as a as a jerk, as an asshole. Um, can't tell you why he's thought of like this. Or as this, um, but that that came from a lot of uh, the Colts players um, uh, when he was the offensive line coach there. So that's something to keep an eye on. He had a stint with the Dolphins last year. Um, only spent a year with the Colts. Was with the Dolphins in 2017, Chargers in 2016, Patriots in 2014, 2015. With the Jets in 2012, the Dolphins in 2009-2011. Loves his Miami Dolphins, apparently. Um, 
and so on and so forth. And was with the Giants in, from 2004 to 2008 as an assistant offensive line and quality control coach. So the guy is is has been around the league. And um, what I find interesting is that he wasn't on a staff this at the beginning of the season when he was the offensive line coach in Miami. Now, Miami brought in a new offensive coach um, in the offseason. Um, so I, I I find that interesting. I, I really do that uh, he doesn't end up with the staff. Uh, the connection to Miami that the Giants have is Patrick Graham, who I could see as being someone that would have vouched for him. Um, outside of that, I'm not entirely sure where the connection is to bring him in. So what apparently happened was Colombo was not happy with uh, with this news that um, that Dave D. Dave DG <laughs> got brought in and uh, they got into an argument and Mark Colombo confronted Joe judge. He wasn't happy that, uh, that it, that a, that they were bringing someone else in, in the middle of the year. Giants offensive line has, has struggled. It, it sounds like Joe judge has been spending extra time with the offensive line in practice. And, uh, believe that Colombo needed the help and if it's true that judge has put an emphasis on the offensive line where he was working with the offensive line and they got better from Joe judge coming in and working with the offensive line that's an issue uh Colombo is the offensive line coach and Joe judge as far as I'm concerned does not really have the experience of working with um offensive linemen Right, so the fact that the head coach is coming over and and has to um, help out and, and spend time with uh, with the offensive line specifically, that's an issue. But it also shows how much a, a Bill Belichick approach to Joe Judge is taking to this uh, to this team, where he's gonna not just spend time with his positional. Uh, group right like came as this from the, the special teams of the patriots came as the the coach from the patriots special teams coach from the patriots can't talk today um so he's not delegating his time to his specific uh coaching uh history right we've seen that We've seen that happen many times from um, head coaches in this league, right? Need Jets fans that are listening to this, you know what exactly what I'm talking about. This has been a problem for the Jets for the past decade. Rex Ryan spends too much time with the defense. Then you have Todd Bowles come in, and he spends too much time with the defense, and there's not enough offensive uh, emphasis. Now, of course, Joe Judge has a wide range of uh, positions he's worked with in uh, in coaching, in his coaching history. He's worked with linebackers, he's worked with special teams, he's worked with wide receivers. So it's not, it's not really a surprise, especially him coming from the Belichick tree, that he's not too focused on uh, one side of the ball, and uh, especially not with one position. I apologize now if the audio cuts out every once in a while. Feeling a bit under the weather today. Um, hopefully it's not uh, COVID or anything like that. It, it seems like it's just a cold, but, uh, you know, it, it it's it's making me cut the mic every once in a while and pause recording just so I can breathe and uh, cough and whatnot. I'm a little wheezy today, which is unusual for me, um, but it is what it is. Uh, so back to Colombo. So Colombo hears about this news and confronts Joe Judge. Um, there's reports that it got physical. Those are untrue. Jason McIntyre reported that it's terrible journalism that that he put that out there. Uh, it's it's really disgusting how the media in this country it's it's always 
they're so quick to try and put news out there that they don't even fact check their sources. All right. It's been denied a million times by Giants Beat that this happened. Um, there's only one person that's saying it did happen, and that's McIntyre. Um, I don't know where he's getting that information. Um, it's quite disturbing that uh, it's even possible that this happened. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't. I don't really understand where uh, where he got that from. Maybe it was something that one of the giant staffers had heard and had texted McIntyre like, holy shit, Colombo and Joe Judge just got into a fist fight. And the giant staffer was unaware that it was just a verbal altercation. I don't know. Um, someone is going to get in trouble with the Giants, though, probably. Because they, it's pretty, it's going to become clear in that front office or in that coaching room who leaked it. Like it, it really is who who leaked that uh, that information, whether it be true or not. It's probably it's ninety nine point nine percent probably not true, but if it was true, it, it it would be pretty easy to figure out who leaked it, and. Uh, Sometimes you'll see front office guys put things out there um, to see if someone is leaking information. So um, I don't know. Maybe that's what it was. I, I really don't understand where he got that from. Regardless, it was supposed to be a very intense uh, altercation. It led to Colombo getting fired. Um, it's really not that big of a deal. The offensive line has been playing better. Um We'll see if it falls off a little bit. Uh, obviously, Colombo was probably gone at the end of this year anyway. Um, there's a likelihood that Jason Garrett's gone at the end of this year, but we'll save that for a different day. Um, and yeah, we'll uh, move on from the Giants. We're going to give them the bye. The Jets have the floor for now. Uh, and then... In news today, this morning, it came out from Matt Miller, Bleacher Report, or formerly a Bleacher Report. Not sure what he's exactly up to now. Um, I know he's on his way out of Bleacher Report. Um, Drew Locke is not exactly being um, considered yet as a as a future um, as the future quarterback of the Broncos. They're not satisfied with what he's putting out there, and uh, Maybe rightfully so. I, I put a tweet out this morning that was kind of like, hey, man, it's 12 games. He's only played in 12 games. He's in a second season. You didn't give him the the uh, the opportunity to really start last year. You threw him out there for seven games this year. He's been banged up. He has no offensive line. It's a little early for me to give up on him. Now, I'm someone that had Drew Locke in the second round. I only have one quarterback in the first round that year. Um that being Kyler Murray, uh, with grades, not projections or anything like that. I thought that Drew Locke was going to end up going top top 20. He doesn't. Um, I don't... I'm not ready to give up on the kid, right? You, you could point to the wide receivers and say that they're so young and talented that Drew Locke should be lighting the world on fire. It's just like... You're acting like he has a number one guy there. Cortland Sutton has been out, right? So exactly where is that? Um, you know, where where is that coming from? Are, are we considering Jerry Judy a number one already? It seems a little early for me. The guy's a stud. I'm not going to say he's not going to be outstanding. But to say that uh, Drew Locke is not the guy is pretty surprising to me. 12 games into his career... But maybe the the Broncos think they're closer than than I think they're they are. Um, Von Miller, of course, is coming down to the end of his career. Uh, the Broncos aren't going to do anything this year. We know that, but maybe they're looking to next year as uh, as a year that they think that they can make a big move towards the playoffs. Because uh, you know that that when the window in the NFL for for a team to be good, it's a small one, right? Uh, we saw that with the Jets. We've seen that with the Giants. Um, we've seen this countless times, right? 49ers uh, go to the Super Bowl last year. They're obviously they're banged up, but 
that's how much a season can be affected. Uh, football contracts are are so, um, you know, it's tough to keep a team together. Is what I'm trying to say, and uh, you have so many moving pieces, um, and uh, and including when you throw the salary cap into the moving pieces part of it, it, it just becomes tough to remain a consistent uh, competitor for the, for the Super Bowl. Patriots have done it for the past 20 years. They're not even out of it this year. And they stink. Right? Like, it's how good Belichick is, but that's really my point is I think that they think they're closer than maybe I'm anticipating that they actually are. And if that's the case, if they think they're close, go for it. I don't think you could bring in another rookie, though. I think you bring in Stafford. I think you bring in Darnold. One of those guys that, you know, maybe, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty high on Stafford. Um, hasn't played that great this year, but when he's on, he's on. And um, I do believe that um, in the right situation, he could be very successful. I think you might see him in the 49ers uniform next year but that's just my personal opinion uh regardless that's that's not what we're really talking about right now drew lock if they move on from him i think it could be a suitor for sam darnold if if they think they're that close i obviously my my gut tells me that they think they're closer than um than i think they are which is Fine. I mean, I mean, put it. It's. (laughs) I don't really see it. They're they're in a really weird spot. The offensive line kind of sucks. They're young at receiver and on offense in general, but they also have Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. They on defense have Chubb, uh, Von Miller, AJ Bouye, guys like that. Justin Simmons, who's awesome. Um. So it's tough for me to sit here and say that they're going to be a competitor because they're not going to win the AFC West. So if they think they can make a move for the wild card spot next year and they think that they can make some noise in there, I get that. But I think you bring in a vet to uh, lead the charge on that one. So whether that be Sam Darnold or not, I'm not sure, but it just opens up the spot and the opportunity for a team to want a guy like Sam Darnold. I, I don't see I don't really have an issue with that. Um right, that benefits the Jets in uh in certain ways. The issue being that there might be five quarterbacks drafted in the first round this year. And I've been hesitant to say that for a while. Um because I haven't really checked out the uh the kid from BYU uh what's his name? Zach Wilson on tape. Yeah, Zach Wilson. Oh my god, forgot his name for a second. Um, I hadn't really checked him out on tape yet, but just watching some of the the way the kid uh, plays football, I uh, I have a tough time not seeing him go and be falling in love with in the in the draft. Right, like there are things that he does that are special, and he's got an arm too. He can run the ball. Um, it's he's making a push for Trey Lance Jr. spot, and I'm someone that loves Trey Lance Jr. So, and then there's Trask, who you're gonna see him at the Senior Bowl, which is it's gonna be interesting. He can improve his stock there. He doesn't really have the mobility that any of the other guys have in the draft, but uh, he's definitely someone to keep an eye on. So maybe the Broncos think highly of Wilson or Lance, or they're reading their the quarterbacks right now and they thinking of them so highly that drew lock isn't the guy but hopefully it's they want to bring in a vet and if you want to sit here and say that sam Darnold's not shouldn't be considered a vet that's fine um Darnold, of course is going to find his spot in the league and he's gonna to have to continue to develop because it hasn't looked great in new york Right, regardless of what you believe about his surroundings, he's regressed over the past from last year to this year. Took a step forward, takes a step back. Uh, and even sometimes last year has it didn't look great. And even his rookie year, there were points where it was like it was just not great, which is fine. Like 
it he shouldn't have been drafted as highly as he as he was. Um, I'll say that he was definitely a first round pick. Uh, he was not the second quarterback in that draft that should have been taken. In my opinion, uh, I would have taken Allen. I would have taken Jackson. Um, and I'm saying I'm up trying to play Monday morning quarterback right now. These are guys that I had ranked higher than Sam Darnold in that draft. Um, but Hey, I had Mayfield at one. So of course you can't win them all. And, uh, it is what it is. So other Jits news from this week, Pierre Desir released. Uh, you're going to see Bryce Hall get a lot more playing time because of this. Um, I don't hate the move. I, I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, this year was not great for the Jets this year. Blood up a lot of catches and touchdowns and um, got mossed by Judy at one point. And then his last play as a Jet was against the Patriots, letting up that big uh, reception towards the end of the game that set him up for the field goal, where he kind of ran away from uh, whoever he was covering. I can't even remember. That game was so long ago, it feels. Um, ran away from him after he caught the ball. So, um, uh, you're going to see Bryce Hall fill in that spot. It's going to be him and Bless Austin uh, at cornerback. And uh, maybe you'll see Corey Ballantyne sometime soon, which would be pretty cool because he was a sixth-round pick for the Giants. Uh, he struggled a little bit with the Giants. Surprise, in a surprising move, they let him go. Um, but he's someone that, you know, if it works out, it works out. Like, What's the worst thing that can happen? Every position should be open for the Jets right now, except for Beckton and Quinn and Williams, probably. Every position. Like, play the young guys. Who cares? You're trying to go 0-16. And if you don't, you, you're drafting Justin Fields anyway. So it's whatever. Um, and then they sign Pat Elfline, who they're viewing as a center that could play uh, guard. It's a depth signing. Um, he can come in and start his best year with the Vikings. He played at center. They moved him to guard after they draft Bradbury. Um, he struggles at guard. Um, so he loses, he gets hurt in the beginning of the year against the Packers. I think he breaks his thumb, goes on IR, comes back, lost his job to, uh, um, to the rookie, uh, Urza Cleveland from Boise state. Um, and they kind of just say, Hey, like, we're going to let you go, and uh, we know someone's going to sign you. They, they kind of do him a solid, give him the opportunity to go to a playoff team. He gets cleaned by the Jets. I'm sure he was thrilled about that, considering the amount of teams that were interested in him that were actual contenders. Um, but he's going to start here eventually. Uh, he's going to get time. I view it more as a depth signing. Uh, I don't know if he's going to end up starting next year. It's considered a tryout, though. He's going to get playing time here over the next couple of weeks. He can't play this Sunday against the Chargers because of COVID uh, protocol. He has to quarantine, I believe, for a certain amount of time. Um, I think he's allowed to practice with the team on Monday, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's one less position to worry about in the draft if they hit. Right? Jets have, in my eyes, four open spots on the offensive line. Cameron Clark, I'm hoping and praying that he fills one of those spots. Um, I'm, I don't know if he's a go for this weekend. Hopefully he is, but, um, I guess we'll see. Um, let me check that out. Actually. I don't know if they released the injury report at the time that I am recording this, but they probably should have. Let's see. Week 11 injury report. Where is my guy? He's not even on there. I guess he's a full go. Um, good for him. But uh, we'll see who else isn't playing. We're not going to see Andrew Anderson play this week. That's fine. He'll be out of the Jets uniform in this offseason. Blake Cashman looks like he's not going to play. Uh, Ficken might be back. Perryman might be a go. Vincent Smith, a limited participant in practice. Uh, Quinn Williams, limit, limited participant in practice. And uh, Becton and Anusar, um, who I expect to come in and start for the for the Jets. I was really excited to see him play. Ended up on IR before the season started. Uh, he's on a one year deal. Nothing too crazy. Um, 
it, it's kind of just like one of those things that if it works out, it's great. It's a one year deal though. So it's not exactly um, anything to uh, what's the word? It's not, you're not hoping for a lot, but the um, risk reward factor is there. It's a low risk guy. It's going to come in and maybe he ends up starting. Um, and if, he ends up starting and playing well. I don't know if the Jets keep C.J. Mosley around next year. I don't know the contract details and how that's working with COVID and uh, him opting out. I don't know if that counts as a year off his contract. I'm a little confused as to how that's going to work, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on this offseason. As for the Chargers, Joey Bosa's full participant, Bulaga, full participant, uh, Dan Feeney, Casey Hayward, full participants, uh, Tyrod did not practice, and... Their long snapper was a limited participant in practice. I don't know what the spread is now, but I'm pretty sure it's hovering around 10 points. I don't see this game being all too uh, great for the Jets. Um, If the Chargers defense is on like they should be, but uh, they've struggled in weeks past to uh, to stop uh, anybody, really, for the most part. So I, I don't think this game ends up being that close. Um, the Jets probably are going to be able to move the ball on the Chargers. We'll see if they don't. The Chargers play a really weird spot style right now where, honestly, they could let it go with Justin Herbert and let him throw for 400 yards, but they're choosing not to do it. Um, I'm not entirely sure why they're doing this. Herbert threw for 187 yards against the Dolphins, right? Like 100. Oh no, that's the wrong team. 326 against the Raiders, but that was too uh, in a comeback, like the way they had to throw the ball against the Broncos. Herbert throws for 278, right? Against the Chargers, he throws for almost 400. That's really how they have to use them against um, against the Jets. If he ends up throwing the ball, you know, 40 times, the Jets are toast. It's going to be a long day. Their Bryce Hall kind of looked like a fifth-round rookie last time he played on Monday, on, uh, Monday Night Football, which is fine. You can't expect much from him. It was his first game in a year, right? He, and he rehabbed. And the Chargers have some speed on the outside. They're going to have a tough time covering Keenan Allen. Brian pulls out from uh, he's on IR. So I I can't see this being a a tight game. Um, Anthony Lynn, former Jets running back coach, is likely going to get a win against the Jets. The Jets, of course, are 0-9. They will likely move to 0-10 with the remaining Schedule being the Dolphins, who they're pretty they're pretty hot right now, especially with Tua, um, and that defense is is pretty special. The Raiders, who are six and three, who are probably going to be able to run the ball all over the Jets with Josh Jacobs. The Seahawks, who are going to th- be able to throw all over the Jets. The Rams aren't losing to the Jets. Uh, the Browns always have the Jets number for whatever reason. I'm not entirely sure, but they they've beat the Jets in. Uh, in years past when they were a lot worse. They're also six and three, if I'm not mistaken. And then with the last game of the year, the Jets are playing the Patriots, who will likely, and I know Jets fans are going to be like, they're going to tank the game. They're likely going to be in the hunt for the playoffs. They might need that win. So take a deep breath. The Patriots, look, I, I can't stand this whole Patriots are tanking thing. It's such crap to me. Ready? The Patriots, if you're not remembering this correctly, they're on the goal line, right, against the Seahawks, down five. They don't score. They should have scored. They shouldn't have called that play. They mess up. That's a loss, right? So instead of being four and five, they'd be five and four, right? Let's go to the uh, the Bills game. Patriots-Bills, it's 24-21. Cam Newton is driving. He fumbles on what the 25 yard line with about a minute, 30 minute, 40 left. They were going to score a touchdown and win that game. They were killing the bills in the run game. They should honestly be 
six and six and three. Tell me why I'm wrong. Tell me where I'm wrong. Uh, they of course have struggled. They struggled against the Chiefs. That honestly, the way they played the Chiefs game, if they had Cam Newton, they would have won that game. They they would have won that game. And they had some crappy calls against them. Um, they had that weird fumble that that should have been an interception, but it, I don't know why they don't call it. Or no, it should have been a fumble, but it was ruled an incomplete pass. And it would have been a touchdown for the Patriots, but they don't. They made a weird call. Maybe I'm not explaining that right. It feels like it was forever ago. But that game was six to three at halftime, and there were some iffy calls on on the uh, in the game by the uh, by the refs. And Brian Hoyer looked like he did not want to win the football game, and he played like he didn't want to win the football game. They have Cam Newton. They win that game. They match up extraordinarily well with the with the Chiefs. They struggle with the Broncos and the 49ers. Um, they struggle to beat the Jets. And then they beat the Ravens, right? And you can argue that it might have been a fluke win. Lamar Jackson did not play up to uh, his abilities. But Lamar Jackson, really 249 yards and 55 yards on, on the ground where he's the lead rusher both in carries and yardage. That's an issue. For, I think that the Ravens mishandled that. Um, but nonetheless, the Patriots, I, I don't know if they sneak in, but there's a chance that they do. Uh, I don't think that that's a game you have to worry about. Right? They have the Texans. They're going to beat the Texans. The Cardinals, they match up pretty well against the Cardinals. The Chargers, I think they match up well with the Chargers. The Rams is going to be a tough one. The Dolphins is going to be a tough one. The Bills again, where if they play like they did the first time, that's a win, and they're going to beat the Jets. So don't give me that. Um, the Bill Belichick's going to tank. Did he tank on Monday Night Football? No, he had a really crappy roster that he was dealing with. A lot of guys were out. No Gilmore. Uh, Lawrence Guy was out. Their defensive linemen, a lot of them were out. I don't want to hear that. So to wrap it up. With the Jets Chargers talk, it's it's it doesn't look like it's gonna be a good matchup for the Jets. Right. They're gonna have Bosa. Um their wide receivers are a bad matchup for the Jets. If they play through uh Balage, it, it might work out for the Jets, but the fact that they have uh Mike Williams and Keenan Allen healthy and and Herbert's slinging the ball around. Hunter Henry's good to go. Um they, they look like they're going to have their full offensive line outside of Pouncey. The offensive line isn't that great, but um, at the end of the day, I just I see the Jets struggling to move the ball on this defense, and uh, I see them struggling to um, stop the offense, in all honesty. I really do. Um yeah, I, I really don't know what else to say. It's tough to preview these Jets games. It, it's a bad matchup for the Jets. It, it, it really is. They got to be clicking on all cylinders to keep it close, in my opinion. I, I can't see it happening, though. Um, they're young in the secondary with Ashton Davis and now Bryce Hall back there. That's a scary thought um, for the deep ball. Um, but it's better than Desir being back there, so... It is what it is. Um, yeah, so let's let's hop into the offseason needs uh, for the. So <laughs> we'll go back and forth. We'll go through each position for both teams. Quarterback um, for both teams. If the opportunity presents itself and they can improve at the quarterback position, they're both going to take it. Unless Gettleman's holding out holding on to hope for Jones. So it's, I can put a question mark next to quarterback because it's kind of, it's not really a need because you can go into next year with Sam Darnold um, as your starting quarterback and, and try it for another year. And you can go into next year with Daniel Jones as your starting quarterback and try it for a year. You can argue that both of them have been given really weird opportunities with not a lot to work with. And Jones really, does have the wide receivers. He's missing really a big guy to, you know, 
for red zone targets. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it really comes down to his offensive line and how well they play and that opportunity. And for the Jets, all Darnold really has is Jamison Crowder. It really, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Um, he's, I don't think he's played with Mims. Oh, no, he has played with Mims yet. I think he played one week with Mims uh, or two weeks with Mims. Um, but other than that, it's it's been Crowder uh, and a crappy offensive line. But now he has Becton. So if they can fill in, I would, I would say that if you if the opportunity doesn't present itself, I'm okay with keeping either of these two um, going forward and building elsewhere and then replacing the quarterback position. That's just my personal opinion on building teams, that teams run into uh, rush into drafting a quarterback and putting nothing around them. I think you have to spend the money around the quarterback and then draft the guy uh, to kind of, you know, slowly bring him into uh, the offense and the team itself. Um, I don't. I just don't believe in in drafting a quarterback and not having those spots fill. Um, I think the Jets fill a lot of spots in free agency. I think they. They they do something like that. They have the cash to spend it. They have ninety million or no, not ninety million. It's eighty one million to spend. Uh, that's before cutting um, guys like Henry Anderson and potentially C.J. Mosley. So it, it's it's definitely more of a if the opportunity presents itself, the opportunity presenting itself would be Trevor Lawrence, and for the Giants, it would be bringing in a vet. Or bringing in, you know, if someone fell to them in the draft that they thought was good enough uh, to to really go ahead and take the reins from Daniel Jones. Who that is, uh, Fields would be someone I'd put ahead of Jones. I'd put Lance, and I'd probably put Wilson at this point. I wouldn't touch Trask. That's just that's just me though. I think all four of them can make an impact for the Giants immediately and an impact that Jones maybe can't uh, he's playing well right now and maybe he plays well enough to where I change my mind but at this point that's how I would run the team uh, at the running back position the Jets have a need um, it's really not something that they should be really focusing on because you can get away with drafting a guy in the third or fourth round and him being your starter for the year we've seen this multiple times um, the Giants, of course, do not have that need. They have Gallman, and they have some guy named Saquon Barkley, uh, who's pretty okay. Um, so they're they're pretty solid on that front. <sighs> I'd like the Jets to bring in a fullback. Why they don't do that, I'm not sure. I don't really get that. I think I guess it's an Adam Gase thing that they're putting Wesco in the backfield. Um, the amount of teams that are really good that don't have fullbacks. I can't think of any. I, I just can't. So, whatever. The, um, wide receivers, uh, the Jets need potentially two, two or two guys. They need a fourth, a fourth guy, a solid guy that can come on the field when guys get tired and and come in and play snaps. Um, Potentially, they need a slot guy if they let go of Crowder or trade Crowder, uh, which they might do. They need a deep ball threat. Uh, Rondell Moore stands out as one in the draft. Uh, we'll talk more about wide receivers that are available in free agency and uh, later on this episode. But the Giants need a big guy, uh, and they kind of need... Well, I guess they have... I like what Austin Mack shown as potentially being a wide receiver for... But I think they need a big target for Daniel Jones. Um, whether they bring in a tight end, I'd be fine with that. But I, I do think that Sterling Shepard and and uh, Darius Slayton will be enough eventually. But I, I would like them to bring in um, a bigger target for Jones to to throw it up and and um, know that someone know confidently that someone would bring it in, and that's someone that they might look at. Rashad Bateman in the draft for something like that. Now, do they have other needs? Yes, of course. But Bateman, Slayton, and uh, and Shepard would all complement each other really well. 
in uh in my opinion um tight end position you could argue the giants can can go for a tight end uh they seem to have their faith in evan ingram i think that a divorce might be necessary for those two um the jets herndon is is clearly it's not working out uh drops fumbles too many too too many um for me in my opinion if you want to give them the Adam Gase um, card of confidence where you think that he's going to improve when Gase leaves, go right ahead. But why not bring in a second guy? There, there's no reason not to. Um, next, it, it, this one really depends on what Matt Pert shows over the next couple of weeks, but an offensive tackle, I'd bring in a right tackle. For both teams, to be honest, I don't think Fant's the guy for the Jets, and I don't know Cam Irving is not the guy for the Giants. Um, I'd like to see if Pert can solidify his role on this team, whether that be at the guard position or at tackle. I don't really care. Um, they need to still improve the offensive line. It can't be this. Can't be it. Uh, it appears that they're going to let go of Zeitler at the end of this year, as well as Golden Tate. So it, there's going to be a hole in the offensive line and. That's what I have next is that both these teams need guards likely. And if Shane Lemieux is not someone that they feel confident in, I, I'm i not afraid to take a stab in the dark, especially in this draft. This is a heavy guard class, it seems. Uh, Wyatt Davis is going to go in the top 20. Uh, at latest pick 32, uh, he's going to be a first rounder. Trey Smith is teetering on that edge. The problem is that they're both guards and guards aren't looked on as fondly as uh, tackles, of course. So maybe they fold the second. But regardless, that that's something that the Giants should keep an eye on because both those guys are studs. Uh, there's a kid from Alabama that's really good. I think his name is Deontay Brown. Um, there, there's a couple out there. Zion Johnson from Boston College is pretty solid. He's going to be a mid, uh, probably a day two guy. Um, but all th- a couple, it's a solid class. And... Why you wouldn't take one, I'm not sure, but maybe they have confidence in Lemieux, who, in my opinion, has has struggled a bit. Um, up next for both teams, well, actually, so the Jets, I'm I'm leaving defensive line off because Fulonso, uh, Fulonso has played really well. Quinn Williams has played well, really well. I flip those around. For Lonzo has played well, and Quinn Williams has played really well. Um, so I don't really see it as a concern to address that when you have holes elsewhere. But, of course, I'm not going to complain if they bring in someone. Um, especially, it depends on what they run next year. We have no idea what what, they're, what defense they're going to run next year. So it's kind of tough to, to really identify team needs when you don't know if they're going to be running a 3-4, 4-3, or Greg Williams where you're really all over the place. Um, as for the Giants, they have Leonard Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson hitting free agency, so it really depends on if they can bring those guys back in. If they can't, it's a need because of how well they've and important this defense is with a defensive line that's as solid as they had. Um, there's going to be ways to fill the holes, though. I, we're going to talk about that on the next page. Um, of the next, uh, wow, I said next page because I wrote the center on a notebook and when I flip the page that is what I was talking about um you have no idea what I'm saying regardless uh we're going to talk about that who can fill those holes later uh both these teams need an edge guy and uh I just I think the Giants would benefit so much from from bringing in an edge guy and uh having a constant rusher off the uh off the outside of a tackle. I don't know. I, I just, I think it's something that they're missing, right? They're, they rely a lot on sending Fackrell and that's fine, but he's not really that uh, talented as a pure rusher. If that makes sense. I, I just think it would make such a nice difference and complement the defense so well. Um, look, the, the defense is playing really well right now and I'm not trying to take anything away from that. It's more of a fact that like they could be really, really effing good. Like 
there's a lot of potential there. Jabril Peppers, I give him a lot of crap, but he's played a lot better in the weeks past. Uh, Logan Ryan, who they have to re-sign, has played really well. They have McKinney coming in. Uh, we're gonna. The next thing on this list is that they need a corner. Um, and both teams need corners. The Giants will be looking for a guy to pair with Bradbury. Um, they probably they see Bradbury as cornerback uh, number one. Um, so they're gonna be a little looking for something different than the Jets. The Jets need that kind of man-to-man lockdown guy. Uh, of course, I'm not saying that Bradbury is that guy. Um. Bradbury plays a specific role in that defense, but you go at the point with what I'm trying to say. Uh, and then the Giants, in my opinion, need uh, a coverage linebacker to pair with Blake Martinez. Um, that's just me. Uh, personal preference. I don't think he's played that well in terms of pass coverage, but against the run, he's solid. Now, the issue for the Giants, the issue is that they have $23 million to spend. They're going to get rid of Zeitler, it seems, and they're going to get rid of Golden Tate. They're going to free up some cap, and they're going to plug some holes. Other than that, they're going to have to make their way through the draft and hit on a lot of their guys to really make that next step forward. Right? They took a big step forward this year, and then the next step is going to be Winning the NFC East like a normal team would win the NFC East, not by going seven and nine, but by going ten and six, eleven and five, nine and seven. Right? You got to make the next step, um, and I think that they could do that. So the Jets have eighty-one million, the Giants have twenty-three million to spend. Notable free agents that can fit the team. We're not going to go through every free agent. We're going to go through the notable ones that I think would fit well in this. And for both these teams, for quarterback, it's really if Dak Prescott hits free agency, which he's probably not going to, especially with how uh, clear it's been that he is a necessity for that Cowboys team. It's just there's no way to beat around the bush on that one. He's necess- uh, necessary for the team, for the Cowboys to win. There, there's just no – if there was any questions about that, they've been answered um, by how bad they've been without him there. At the running back position, uh, the Giants are good. Um, they have Saquon and Gallman and all that stuff. Jets, I would expect them to draft, but um, we, of course, are going to focus on the free agents. So low-cost guys, I mean, Philip Lindsay is someone that's being tossed around a lot, but I, I can't see him being that cheap. I mean, he's... He's a really talented back. Um, and I also see him coming back to Denver, even though they brought in Melvin Gordon. Does he want to be the lead back somewhere else would be the reason why he leaps. Marlon Mack seems like the kind of guy who would be the more affordable option for the Jets, who can come in and be solid and be that number one guy. Uh, he can catch the ball out of the backfield and kind of fits the role of what uh, a Trevor Lawrence needs. Um yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what else to say there. Uh, it's it's really not a position that I'm too um, super bent on signing somebody with. I, I cringe at the thought of them signing Marlon Mack to a big deal or Philip Lindsay to a big deal, which is uh, mm-hmm. hopefully not the case. Um, but more importantly is the wide receivers that are going to be available for both these teams. I could see both these teams going after any of these guys. So the tier one guys are Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, Juju Smith-Schuster. Godwin's not going anywhere, in my opinion. Allen Robinson is probably not coming to one of these two teams, and I say that because he's been on the Jaguars and the Bears, and I'm sure the guy is sick. Of losing maybe he sees the big check from the Jets and wants to come here I'd love that I'd love if he was a giant he'd be awesome in both systems I can't see him going to two teams that are teetering at the well the Giants are teetering on the playoff cusp cusp and the Jets are they have a lot of work to do so that's going to be a tough sell for him 
32 teams are going to be interested in that guy. He's that good. Um, Kenny Galladay, that feels more realistic for both these teams. Um, Kenny Galladay would fit both these teams really well as that deep ball threat, um, but he's not just that. And that's that's where I think he is more likely to um, take, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think he's gonna he's gonna be viewed as as the guy below a Rob. So maybe he doesn't get as much uh, attention from other teams. So I think the Jets and the Giants are gonna be able to spend a little more money and bring a guy like that in. It sounds like Juju Smith Schuster is not returning to the Steelers. He's gonna be on the market. This is another one that I think is, he doesn't really, uh, especially if he gets a ring with the Steelers, he he might go after the money. Uh, and and come into what the Jets and the Giants are building, um, it's something someone to keep an eye on because he, he would fit. He honestly fits more with the Jets um, with what he does because the Giants need kind of that deep ball like a Galladay, um, and they're interested in Galladay from what it sounds. It seems what it seems like they they put feelers out there for the uh, for the uh, the trade deadline. It was. Uh, I haven't really heard what exactly was offered, but it was a little too rich for the Giants' blood, especially with the guy that was expiring. Um, but it's someone to keep an eye on for the, that's been linked to the Giants. Uh, and then Will Fuller is kind of rounding out that. He's kind of, I wouldn't put him on, he's definitely not on the same scale as those four, but he's going to be kind of like that tier two guy. Uh, you can come in and uh, take the top of the defense. The issue is that he gets hurt a lot. So I think he he doesn't end up with the Jets, in my opinion. Uh, if he does, I, I'd kind of be surprised. Actually, no, he kind of would make sense with the Jets, though. It depends on how they view Mims, if they view Mims as that deep ball threat, but I don't really think he is. Um, Fuller's faster and uh, can take the top off the defense. Giants are looking for that. If they can't get Galladay, I think Fuller's the backup plan. And then the second or third tier, really, of wide receivers is is Josh Reynolds, D.D. Westbrook, Marvin Jones, Keelan Cole, uh, and then Curtis Samuel, who I think can land with both these teams as wide receiver fours or even threes for, for the Jets. Um, Reynolds is solid. Uh, Curtis Samuel, it, it seems that Curtis Samuel and the Panthers aren't working out. Uh, they kind of use him as that slot guy, so um, that should be something to keep an eye on. Um, Marvin Jones is a little bit on the older side, so that's someone that's probably going to get a two-year deal. Keelan Cole is something that I find very interesting. Same with D.D. Westbrook, who I think might benefit from a change of scenery. For tight end, uh, there's three guys that I think the Jets or the Giants might go after, and that's Hunter Henry, Gerald Everett, and Johnny Smith. It depends on if the Giants are going to move on from Evan Ingram, if they're interested in any of those guys. And another thing is, I don't see... The only one I see hitting free agency is Everett. I don't think they lose Hunt, uh, Hunter Henry from the Chargers, and I don't think that Johnny Smith is going anywhere. That'd be my opinion, though. Uh, I'd be very surprised if... Uh, oh, Clay Thompson tore his Achilles. Man, that sucks. Shout out to my Knicks, by the way. You really pissed me off last night. I don't know how you pass on Tyrese Halliburton, but whatever. Uh, Obi Toppin should be a solid player. I'm going to talk myself into into him and quickly. Um, but whatever. Uh, I, I just hope it doesn't mean that Russell Westbrook is coming to town. Uh, so... I, I don't see that Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry hit free agency. Uh, Everett kind of makes sense as the guy to hit, and that can be he can be brought in for either team because he's kind of that tight end two with tight end one upside. So for this is where things kind of um, you know differ for both teams and what they're going to be looking for. Um. At offensive tackle, Taylor Morton from Carolina is someone that the Jets might look into. 
and Alejandro Villanueva is someone that the Giants might look to. So the reason I say that is I think the Giants are going to have to look for maybe older, more established guys to bring in where the Jets have an opportunity to plug a hole with a, with a younger guy who maybe uh, is signed for a three- to four-year deal where the Giants are looking for Villanueva, who might be a one-year deal, but worth a lot of money. Um, it's just kind of where they're both at that makes the difference. Uh, you'll see that with who I think that the cornerbacks that they target um, differ as well. Um and it kind of has to do with the money that they can be tied down to for the next couple of years. Uh, as for center of the Giants, they seem pretty solid with Nick Gates. Ted Karras um, from Miami would be someone that interests me. Um, and Chase Rollier from uh, Washington would be someone that interests me for the Jets. And then at guard, is Joe Tooney is going to be the... Uh, uh, Joe Thune is going to be the the guy that everyone wants. Uh, I'd be shocked if the Patriots re- can afford to re-sign him next year, though they have a lot of cap space. Um, it depends on how active Bill's going to be in free agency. They have a lot of holes. Uh, and, and they develop offensive linemen like it's nothing. So Joe Thune is someone that uh, would be interesting to see if he hits the open market and if he will be signed by one of these two teams because they... They would both benefit greatly from it to not have to worry about a guard in the in the draft. If you're the Jets, I don't know how it doesn't interest you to bring in Joe Thune and either have Cameron Clark sort of left guard, which that's the that's the dream, right? That you already picked your left guard, but uh, realistically, you could fill it with a Trey Smith or a Wyatt Davis in the draft, um, and you'd be fine with either of those two guys. Now, on the defensive side, um, if you're the Giants, you're looking to bring back both Tomlinson and Leonard Williams. Uh, Leonard Williams is probably the preferred guy, but he's going to be expensive. So who could fill in those kind of roles? I think Lawrence Guy from the Patriots would be someone of interest. Puna Ford as well. And then for the Jets, um, Dalvin Tomlinson is someone that I'd target to bring in. I don't see how you don't. But I also don't see how, um, you know, I don't see it being really that much of a necessity in the offseason, especially with the edge class that we have. Well, Dupree is set to fit free agency, Shaq uh, Shaq Barrett, uh, Matt Judon, and Leonard Floyd, who Leonard Floyd gets a lot of crap for being a quote-unquote boss, but the guy's a really good football player. both against the pass and the run. Maybe doesn't put up the sack numbers you'd like to see, but the guy's solid. I think he's going to get the extension for the Rams. Uh, Judon is someone to keep an eye on. Same with Barrett. And Dupree is going to be expensive. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. But both these teams could benefit from bringing any of these four guys in. Um, yeah. And then the linebacker position. Levante David for the Giants is a... Uh, is the dream because of how well he is in coverage uh, and him paired with Martinez would be something special to watch. I don't think he leaves Tampa Bay. He's been there his whole career, um, especially if Tom Brady's staying in their contenders next year. I don't know what the cap situation's like, though, because they're going to have to bring back Godwin. Um, and uh, I think that's the only player on here that they have to bring back, but... If they have to bring back Godwin and uh, Barrett, it it should be interesting uh, to see how they figure that out. At safety, uh, the Giants don't really have a need. McKinney and Peppers are their guys. As for the Jets, Anthony Harris and Justin Simmons are guys I'd target, especially if Marcus May is leaving. It's actually only if Marcus May is leaving. If not, I'm not touching the uh, safety position. You suck it up for a year if... Ashton Davis does not improve, and then you find one in the draft. I don't see the need to sign one to a big contract, but that's just me. For cornerback, this is where it, it gets, you know, there's a difference of opinion. For the Giants, you're looking for someone that's better in zone, so Emmanuel Mosley makes the most sense for them. Uh, Jason Verrett from 
both from the San Francisco 49ers would be very interesting to me. Um, and then I put uh, Logan Ryan. Of course, you're trying to resign him. Should be interesting to see what happens with him, though. Um, I'd be interested to see him, Xavier McKinney, and Jabril uh, Peppers on the field at the same time. I think that could be a special trio uh, that you see. And then I put Pat Peterson, who set the hit free agency for the Giants. I know he's not really, he's kind of a man-to-man guy. But I would be interested to see him. Because he's going to be a cheaper vet. He's on the wrong side of 30. And uh, though he's been outstanding in his career, it, it's coming to an end soon. And uh, he's probably going to end up staying with the Cardinals. Let's double check his age. Because I do believe that he is 30-something. 30, 30. Oh, he's only 30. I thought he was a little older. But I, I would assume he's going to stay with the Cardinals, especially with where they're at in their franchise. Um but it's definitely a, a dream to to bring in Pat Peterson, um, who would start on the opposite side of um, of James Bradbury, who brings that vet mentality to uh, the locker room. I think that would be something special. And for both teams that I think that they could both go, I got that I think they could both go after is Desmond King um, from now the Titans. I don't really know what kind of um, free agent interest he's going to have. He went for a sixth, a sixth round pick in a trade. Um, probably because they knew he was going to hit free agency and he's not in the cards long term, but he's someone that both these teams might be able to target. And for the Jets, and the reason for this, for these two guys, is they're going to have the money to spend. I think you see William Jackson and JC Jackson both, um, they're both younger. Uh, than the other three. Well, that's not true. Mosley and Verrett aren't that old. But they're both young guys who are going to get big deals. Um, and the Jets have the cap to spend it. So that would be my explanation for that. Um, if the Giants were able to land William Jackson, or I don't really think Chasey Jackson fits them, but William Jackson probably does, that's a pretty special duo with him and James Bradbury. Uh, Chasey Jackson is probably going to get is going to be too uh, expensive for the Giants. Uh, he's probably going to be signed as a as a top, um, you know, a top um, one of the highest paid corners. I couldn't think of the words there. Uh, they left him off the Pro Bowl roster uh, for voting, which is insane. He leads the league in picks, um, but the Patriots have been playing a little bit of politics with him. I don't know if there's something going on off the field, but there have been instances where they have left him off the field for a quarter and they did it against the Seahawks where the first quarter of that game, JC Jackson's nowhere to be found. And it's dumb. They're playing DK Metcalf. They make up with the, uh, with the depth that they have a corner. So I don't really know what's going on there. Uh, if maybe his contract, um, has a part, a provision that maybe he gets, paid a little more if he gets a certain amount of snaps i'm not sure i don't want to speculate but that's how kind of some of these things work in the nfl is uh they'll try and save money on um on certain things and in ways like that and maybe he has something in his contract that says if he's a pro bowler he um he gets extended or they're trying to drive value down in the market right and they trying to be able to bring him back because that's someone that patriots lose him that's a that's a hole he's a stud um, he doesn't get enough respect and the uh, the respect he deserves, but I'll give it to him right here. I hope you're a Jet, J.C. Jackson, uh, and uh, you'd be a stud for us. So fingers crossed if you hit free agency. And that's going to about do it uh, for today. Hope the Jets lose on Sunday. Hope the Giants get healthy this weekend and uh, rest up. They got a solid schedule to go through. This upcoming week um, announcements. We'll do this quick. The bull rush is coming back very soon, probably next week. Um, with it's going to be a lot more drift centered. So you're going to see the podcast come back. We have a special announcement for that coming up soon. Uh, it's going to be a lot of draft stuff. So make sure you tune in for that. And then the website's basically going to be my draft notebook. I think I said that on Tuesday though. Um, but the podcast and the website are coming back soon. 
Uh, thank you guys for your support for uh, yet another episode. I can't wait to see what this grows into. Um, we're hoping to have on our first guest uh, sometime in December. Um, I think a lot of Jets fans know him uh, more than Giants fans. Uh, I won't say who it is yet, but um, he's awesome. He's uh, He works for... Uh, Actually, I can't say that. So, regardless, you'll you'll just have to wait and find out. Uh, I hate that tease. Uh, regardless, uh, thank you guys for listening, and hopefully, you'll hear from me on Tuesday. Uh, if I'm not sick, my God, my throat is like on fire right now. All right, guys, have a good one. Have a great weekend. Enjoy, um, enjoy yourselves this weekend, and stay safe. All right, thanks, guys.